Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. And we're here for a special little podcast. We've been doing a lot of our season preview stuff over the last couple of weeks. And it's that will be continuing here over the, the remainder of this month until the season starts here on November 25th. But we are going to take a little break from our season preview stuff uh, because of some big breaking news as far as the Big Ten is concerned. The annual Big Ten ACC Challenge lineup was released last week. Very exciting slates. Things will certainly be a little different in what is an unprecedented season for college basketball, but nonetheless should be a really fun event. 14 matchups. A number of them are going to be between ranked teams, marquee opponents. So should be a lot of fun. Um, and we do have uh, a f- fun guest, uh, a previous guest on the podcast as well, over from the ACC Basketball Report. How's it going tonight, man? Good. How are you, Thomas? I appreciate Perfect. you having me on. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, for folks who don't remember your your prior appearance on the podcast, um, can you take a second to just introduce yourself and, and let folks what you know what you guys do over at the ACC Basketball Report? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Michael Hunter. Um, I was on BT Powerhouse, I want to say three or four years ago. I think you guys were one of the first <laughs> podcasts to, to allow me to, to, to guest on your show, which I'm, I'm very appreciative of. Um, since then, um, you know, we've, we've, I, I created the website, of course, and then the, the podcast to go with it. Um, we've had, we, we've shuffled in some writers and, and some guys that, that enjoy some younger guys that enjoy covering the ACC and, and writing about recruiting and things of that nature. Um, unfortunately, due to the whole pandemic situation, we haven't been writing a whole lot because it gets it gets fairly redundant when there's no actual games being played, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. really looking forward to uh, getting the season started later this month and, and getting back into uh, the thick of things. Absolutely. So the Big Ten ACC lineup was first leaked slash reported by John Rothstein, and then subsequently the conference confirmed it. Uh, As I mentioned, it's going to be 14 matchups. We're going to get seven on December 8th and then seven on December 9th. Um, The first thing I just want to note is this will be a little bit different. I think over the last couple of years, it's been like three or four nights it's expanded into. And Mm -hmm. this year it's only going to be two. So it's going to be two really loaded day of, of college basketball and for those of you without a calendar handy, um, it's going to be Tuesday, December 8th, and then Wednesday, December 9th. So a midweek affair here. I guess college football is still going to be in full swing, I, I suppose, with the weird 2020 season for, for that sport as well. <laughs> um, Michael, what are your main, what, what were your general thoughts when you, you saw the slate um, and just any other thoughts you have on the event and, and what's to come and, what is certainly a odd season. Uh, you know, for the, as far as the slate goes, it, it's pretty interesting. I think from, from a standpoint where you're not getting Michigan state, North Carolina, you're not getting Michigan state and Duke or Ohio state and Duke. Like you, you may in, in typical years, uh, I think it's very interesting that the Illinois and Iowa are drawing the two triangle team or two of the, the, the triangle teams on the end. The other thing is that those two games are both taking place on the same night. So that Tuesday slate it, it is really kind of loaded um, yeah. when you kind of compare it to the Wednesday slate. Um, 
that said, Michigan State at Virginia is is interesting because I am I like Michigan State this year. Um, they're going to be in my top twenty-five to open the season, but it's it's a whole new world as far as uh, the Spartans not having Cassius Winston. So um, I, I like the mix-up at the top of the at the top of the event. Unfortunately, we get towards the bottom of the event. It it leaves a little bit to be desired. I think <laughs> when you get down towards the, the the middle of the pack or the bottom teams, you know, you have Georgia Tech at Nebraska, which feels kind of stale and, and kind of like a Kind of a mismatch, honestly, as Georgia Tech should be kind of up this year, whereas Nebraska is probably going to be down. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, Louisville at Wisconsin is going to be a very good matchup. And Maryland at Clemson, I think, could be a really sneaky good game as I'm kind of high on Clemson this year. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I think for my general thoughts, you know, the the first thing, as I said, that kind of popped out was just, you know, this is a two-day event. It's not the three, four days. I want to say it was four. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just three the last couple of years. But again, a really compacted. And I think for that, it's going to it's gonna be a good and a bad thing. I think it's going to be good in the sense that there's going to be two, three games going on the whole night <laughs> um, yeah. on the eighth yeah. and the ninth. So if you're channel surfing, you're going around, you're going to have a good game to watch. If one game is, is fading, you're going to be able to flip on the other one. So I think that is the exciting part of it. I think the uh, converse point to that is obviously that you're probably not going to get to watch all the games because a lot of them are going to overlap. So that's that's kind of a bummer. I suspect this has to do with the COVID pandemic where they wanted to limit the time um, around some of the other non-conference matchups. I'm, I'm guessing we have yet, at least for the Big Ten, I'm not sure if any ACC teams have released it yet. No Big Ten team has the full slate out yet. Everything still is kind of up in the air. So I'm suspecting, though, the timing has something to do with the COVID pandemic and a certain amount of give if a game has to be postponed or rescheduled and what have you. So that was my first one. And the second one is, as you mentioned, I mean, from the Big Ten perspective, when I'm looking at this, obviously everybody is thinking, okay, who's playing Duke? Who's playing North Carolina? And maybe that's Mm -hmm. a simplified approach. And a lot of years, it's, you know, those might not even be the best two teams in the ACC, certainly with how Virginia has done over the last 10 years. That's not true, but they're the big name ones. So those are going to be the ones that are going to pop out on on first glance. And I really like the fact that we have two, uh, shall we say, non-blue bloods playing against Duke and North Carolina this year. You have Illinois traveling to Duke and North Carolina traveling to face Iowa. Both Iowa and Illinois are projected top 10, top 15 teams, maybe higher uh, depending on where things come in in a couple of weeks, but both should be very good this season. And I like the fact, as you mentioned, you know, they're not playing Indiana. They're not playing Michigan State. Some of these teams where it feels like they've played a lot of years recently. So it's fun yeah. to see that that mix there. I don't even I probably should have looked this up beforehand, but I don't even know the last time Illinois played Duke or Iowa played North Carolina. I know it's been a little bit. I think Illinois faced them in the 2000s once or twice as far as Duke is concerned. So those were the big things that that popped out to me. Um, as you mentioned, some of the, the lower tier matchups don't necessarily uh, intrigue as much, but I, I think that's true a lot, <laughs> a lot of years um, for the bottom. Um, but on that point, so obviously Illinois – Duke versus Duke and North Carolina versus Iowa look like the premier matchups. You mentioned Michigan State at Virginia. Are there any, you know, games that 
you look on the slate that you're like, you know, I think this game is going to end up being very important. People aren't really going to be circling it right now, but this is a game that when we get to February, March, is probably going to be a pretty significant one. I, I, I do think there's one, and <laughs> it feels weird to say it, but I think it's it, it may be on that first night, and it, it's Syracuse at Rutgers, I think, is going to be big for both teams um, as kind of a resume builder. Uh, both those teams are going to get a lot of opportunities during the course of the season, obviously, to get some marquee wins. But when you look at Syracuse, um, I think uh, my buddy James Zuba tweeted out, these two teams haven't played since 2013, which is crazy because they both reside in the same state, and Syracuse yeah. hates to leave New York. So that's <laughs> weird. And then I think the last time Rutgers beat Syracuse was 2003. That just happens to be the year that Syracuse won the national championship. So mm. I, I think – you know, Rutgers, you know, Steve Peichel has, has that program on absolutely the correct trajectory. I think that was a great hire by that program. Um, Geo Baker is a, is a tremendous player. Um, and Ron Harper Jr., tremendous player. Um, I'm very high on Rutgers this year. Um, I, I, I thought they were yeah. a fantastic story last year. Um, and Syracuse obviously trying to replace the ACC's leading scorer in Elijah Hughes. They bring in Alan Griffin from Illinois. Um, mm -hmm. who is immediately eligible for them, giving them a, a trio that may be, you know, not only the best three-point shooting team in the ACC, but, you know, arguably the country when you're talking about Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, and Alan Griffin. Um, I think as far as two schools that are they're projected to be on the bubble, this game could be could be huge for their for their resumes when, when March Madness rolls around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I, I think Rutgers, as you mentioned, really came on last year. Very disappointing they didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament because they certainly would have yep. made it had there been a postseason. So it'll be – it almost feels like a revenge or vengeance tour for Rutgers this year, despite the fact that they really didn't have a bad season last year, but it's just no. a weird event. Um, but, yeah, that that one looks like a sleeper game to me. The other one that I I was intrigued by a little bit was Ohio State at Notre Dame. That's the first night, which – kind of fits into our theme here that the first night is probably where most of the action is going to come from. Um, but Ohio State replacing a lot of key players, Caleb Wesson, Andre Wesson, going to be some big questions in the front court. They're also adding Harvard transfer Seth Towns, who's expected to be one of the top contributors, not only for Ohio State this season, but in the Big Ten across the board. So I think that's going to be intriguing. What do you make of the Irish, and what should Ohio State fans expect out of Notre Dame when they play them in December? I, you know, Notre Dame, unfortunately, you know, they, they boast a great coach, Mike Bray, one of the more likable coaches, I think, probably in the entire nation. Um, unfortunately for him, the, the program is kind of trending down, and that, that's too bad to say. Um, as far as, as Ohio State fans, what you're going to see is a really tremendous dynamic backcourt in Prentice Hub and Dane Goodwin, um, two guys that, you know, Prentice Hub is, is a creator, but he's the kid that he could possibly lead the ACC in scoring this year. I think if he does that, that would be probably bad for Notre Dame. Um, that means he's kind of trying to take it upon himself and, and play hero ball a little bit. Um, Goodwin is not really flashy, but uh, he, he gets it done. He's going to give them probably 12 to 15 points a game this year. Uh, and then you still got Jawan Durham kind of kind of anchoring down that that center position. No, no, John Mooney for these guys is is 
is where you know the problem becomes because Mooney was the heart and soul of that team for the last couple of years. Uh, Temple Gibbs has also moved on, graduating. He was an outside scorer, kind of the emotional leader of the team. Um, so, you know, Notre Dame for me, I have them actually, I think I picked them 13th in the ACC to start the year. Wow. So Ohio State shouldn't have a whole lot of problems with the Irish, I don't believe. But then again, you know, you know, Hub is certainly capable of scoring 30. This is a, uh, a regional rivalry, of course. So anything can and probably will happen. So I, I, I mean, maybe a little bit higher on Ohio State this year than most, but I think Overall, that roster is really good. I am a big fan of Eugene Brown, the third, coming out of the state of Georgia, who's a, a really good shot maker, a really good defensive player. So I think he's going to step in and maybe surprise some people in the Big Ten. But uh, I really don't think Ohio State should struggle all that much with Notre Dame, especially when John Mooney is no longer in the middle for the Irish. Interesting. Okay. Maybe, maybe I was a little higher on Notre Dame than I should have been. Um, so happy to have you on here to correct me. But um, <laughs> I, so yeah, I mean, that. so we talked about a couple of games, you know, that we think might be sleepers. Um, on the other side, what are the games that, you know, people should be channel surfing, switching to the other games uh, when these ones come on for the Big Ten? You mentioned Georgia Tech and Nebraska. You think that game might be a little bit of a snoozer. Any of the other ones that you look at and think, eh, this one might not be the greatest one here? Oh, I, I plan on – I intend on watching almost zero minutes of Pittsburgh at Northwestern. Um, <laughs> it's just – it doesn't hold a, a whole lot of intrigue for me. Um, I guess if I want to see Justin Champagny play, if there, you know, it depends on, I'm looking at the schedule. I don't have the times in front of me, so I don't know which games are on at the same time, but um, I, I don't know, I don't know if they've announced the is, times yet, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. To um, no, it's fine. Uh, Justin Champagny, I think is probably the best player in the ACC that nobody really talks about. I think he's a potential first team, all conference type player. Unfortunately, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be that good where he's going to get the recognition that maybe he deserves. Um, Pittsburgh losing Trey McGowan's who transferred to Big Ten's Nebraska uh, yeah. certainly hurts. I know Jeff Capel in year, I believe this is year three now. Um, Northwestern, I, I like Boo Booey. I, I really like Robbie Barron as a long-term prospect. Obviously, Miller Kopp is a good player as well. But as far as if any of these other games are on, I mean, if NC State Michigan, for instance, is on at the same time, I'm watching the Wolfpack and the Wolverines. I'm not watching Pittsburgh and Northwestern. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think the games that don't don't excite me as much, the Georgia Tech at Nebraska game, obviously doesn't look great on paper. The Pittsburgh Northwestern game, another one that doesn't look fantastic. And the other one that I was a little frustrated that we got was Indiana at Florida State. Those teams yeah. have played recently. And that one just, I, I felt like there were a lot of other options there uh, to shake things up. And, you know, Generally, I think they do a pretty good job at scheduling this event. And as we mentioned, I think that Tuesday slate is fantastic. Like there are a lot of games there that I'm going to be really excited to watch. But that one to me just it felt like you could have done something else with Indiana and Florida State. And instead, um, we get it again. So (laughs) we'll see what happens. But um, those are a couple I'm not as excited about overall, though I, I do think it's still a good slate. Um, One thing I I also wanted to ask you about when we're here, uh, while I have you here on the podcast, is 
home attendance. Uh, I know a lot of that is still up in the air. Again, we're a couple weeks out from when the season would start, more than a month out from when the Big Ten ACC Challenge would be played. Do you know, has there been any announcement from the ACC as far as home attendance? Are there going to be any fans? If they are, are there any limitations? Has any of that been ironed out so far, as far as you know? As far as I know, there's been no definitive answer to that question. Um, I, I do reside in the heart of ACC country. I, I do live in the Triangle. Um, mm-hmm. if for those of you who may not know, that's that's Durham, Chapel Hill, and Raleigh. Um, and local sports radio, I think, has been speculating 20% as the number that you hear most. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure how that works. It's, it would feel like a scrimmage, I guess. But I, I don't know if they're going to pipe in any noise. I don't, I don't know how really how that works. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. It'll add a wrinkle to this event that uh, that we've never seen before and from a honestly though in the in the sports that i've been watching um just just on television the the experience hasn't been a whole lot different for me mm-hmm. i didn't watch a ton of the nba but um what little i did watch it it still gave you a competitive a competitive product i think they did a good job with the noise with the sound with everything i don't obviously know how it sounded in the stadium but I thought they did a good job. I think the NFL has done a pretty good job. Um, obviously, it's not the same. I think it may give uh, a little bit more. It may level the scales a little bit as far as the road teams go in each one of these matchups. Um, not having to deal with hostile environments. Certainly, when when you think about Illinois visiting Cameron and not having the Cameron crazies there and having that place just just rock is is an advantage to Illinois, not saying that Illinois is going to win the game, but it may level the scales a little bit. So I think in certain instances, it's going to make things very interesting. Mm-hmm. I I think it's, I have a, I have mixed feelings as far as what's going to be impacted, et cetera. Um, the, the way I look at it is first off, as you said, it, it's going to be, well, you know what? I should take a step back first and say, I do not think the Big Ten is going to have any fans this season. I think if they do, it's going to be limited to essentially um, family member, uh, mm-hmm. family members of players only. I think it will be a very, very small attendance, if there's any, basically at all. So from the Big Ten perspective, I think ACC fans basically should expect it's going to be empty arenas <laughs> when they come to play uh, these Big Ten teams. So that could be a advantage for the ACC if that happens. I don't know if that's part of the agreement here that, you know, the Big Ten says if we're going to participate in this event, everybody needs to be on the same uh, playing field here and, you know, no fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of that's still up in the air, and I, I hate to say that so much on the podcast. I'm sure people are tired of hearing it, but it's just the truth. I, I don't <laughs> think we're going to have answers to a lot of those questions for a little bit here. Um, but as you said, I think it's going to be a big advantage for teams like Illinois, um, where they're going to travel and they're going to get to avoid that really hostile Duke crowd, uh, Michigan State going to Virginia. And I think conversely, you know, Wisconsin was set to host a home game here. Iowa could, I mean, the Iowa's crowd would be absolutely ballistic, you know, for a top five Iowa team hosting North Carolina. I mean, that would be a fantastic crowd uh, without question. And unfortunately it's going to be empty. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, I 
I will say, I don't know if the ACC has any of these, but there's been a lot of speculation. You know, teams like Penn State and Northwestern might have an advantage uh, having been used to playing to small crowds in, in the past. So um, <laughs> I, I say that jokingly, but it, it should be fun, um, the event. But before before I let you go, um, any, any final thoughts here on where – you know, just give a, a quick rundown of, of what fans should expect out of the ACC this year. Um, any other thoughts on college basketball, the Big Ten, et cetera? Uh, as far as the ACC, you know, it, it's interesting just to touch on kind of kind of what you said about the whole empty arena thing is, you know, it's it's November and you're seeing even in college football, even, even in the NFL, that things can change over the course of a day. So to say that to say that you're not sure, to say that things are up in the air is, is not a stretch by any means because even if they had laid down a set of ground rules at this point, it's there's no telling what could change in the next 12 hours. So it's it's difficult for anybody to project tomorrow or next week, never mind 20 days from now. So any anything we say could be null and void by the end of the week. So unfortunately, that's the kind of the world we're living in right now. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the ACC goes, I think, you know, at the top of the league, it's going to be kind of business as usual. My top three teams, Virginia, North Carolina, and Duke, a little bit of a surprise there at the two spot with the Tar Heels. Um, you know, as far as this event, uh, I think it's very interesting, or it's going to be very interesting. North Carolina at Iowa, I think, is is the matchup that should be paid the most attention to. I think Iowa may be a little bit overvalued, um, given their, let's call it a lack of interest on the defensive end. Um, North Carolina, I think, may be a little bit undervalued, whereas I think that their freshman point guard, Caleb Love, is going to be an absolute star. And I think, um, you know, this event may be his coming out party. And, you know, Garrison Brooks against Luca Garza, that's a a great matchup. Um, Anytime you get to watch Joe Wieskamp play, I think is a great thing. He's one of my favorite players in college basketball. So that's the matchup that I'm really looking forward, uh, you know, basically of the whole event, that'll be my favorite matchup. and a couple other things to look for in the ACC again. I think Clemson is a little bit undervalued. I think I picked them either ninth or tenth going into the season. I think they could finish as high as sixth. And Georgia Tech should finally, uh, you know, having served their postgame suspension last year in a season that we didn't have a postseason, was, uh, you know, a little bit of good luck for the first time that the Jackets have seen in quite a while. So I think Georgia Tech is primed to, uh, uh, you know, anywhere from four to six place finish in the ACC is I think where they should end up so they should return to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2010 I believe um, Louisville should be solid again uh, I think David Johnson is an, is an NBA type talent um, if he can put together a season where he can shoot the ball from deep uh, he could be an NBA type talent in a year from now so that's something we need to watch out for as well um, as far as college basketball in general I'm just I'm just ready to get back into it. I mean, it, it seems like it's been forever. Um, I remember sitting at work in March when they tipped off the ACC uh, conference tournament. The ACC had declared they were going to play their conference tournament, um, mm-hmm. not in front of any fans, but they were going to make that tournament happen. And I think we had the first night, and I think Florida State actually tipped off their game on day two, and they called it shortly after the tip and, and got everybody off the court and out of the stadium. So... Um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to tipping off the season. I think um, I think Gonzaga is the best team in the nation going into the season, followed by Villanova at number two and Virginia at number three. After that, it starts to get a little bit shaky for me. I do really like Illinois. 
Um, I'm not as high on Iowa, as I said, as, as mm. some other people are. But um, I, I, I'm just – it's another year in college basketball, and I'm, I'm ready to get it rolling and see where I was right and see where I was wrong and, and, and take advantage of my free TV man cave that I have up above the garage. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of fans, not only in the Big Ten, but across the country are, are definitely going to start working on those man caves and, you know, big screens now that they can't go to the arena or the or the right. stadium. So sure. it should be should be a little different of an experience this year. Um, one one last question I did want to ask you, and I know you, you touched on it a little bit before, but it, as far as, again, we have 14 games. I know not every ACC team is participating in the the challenge, mm-hmm. but as far as the challenge teams, I mean, obviously, I think fans know Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, probably going to be pretty good teams. Is there any team here, I, I think maybe you mentioned Clemson a little bit, but who you think, you know, this team is going to come in, maybe the expectations aren't super high, but by the end of the year, you know, they're going to be a pretty good team. and um, the big 10 fan base that's going against them here should be aware that, you know, this is probably a little tougher game than it looks like on paper. Uh, For me, that's an easy decision. That's the Miami hurricanes. Um, You're going up against a, a, I'll say a traditional power in Purdue. I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're not paying attention to Miami, you look at that game and say, well, you know, maybe not a, a fantastic projection, of a year for, for Purdue. Matt Painter's obviously a fantastic coach. That's probably a game where Painter can coach them to a victory. Uh, you know, as far as perimeter talent goes in the ACC, there's not a whole lot of teams that are deeper than Miami right now. Um, you know, Chris Likes is obviously Chris Likes. If he was 6'5", he'd already be in the NBA. But, um, you know, you get Cam Augusti on the wing, who's very good. Um, Isaiah Wong, who's their freshman point guard last year, very good coming down the stretch last season, averaged over 14 points per game. Um, they have a kid on the wing named Harlan Beverly out of Mount Bird, who was a freshman last year, averaged about eight points a game, if I remember correctly. Didn't really show the shooting prowess that, that many expected. He was a kind of a dark horse candidate to be a one and done, unfortunately. Didn't see the court enough and didn't shoot the ball well enough to get that done. Um, and then they get a center this year. They get a center eligible from, from Cincinnati named Nasir Brooks who is, you know, kind of a shot-blocking rim protector that, that Miami needed for a long time. And they also have a tremendous athlete in uh, Earl Timberlake, who's about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, kind of a hybrid forward-type player that, uh, you know, they may be able to put in some pick-and-roll positions, get him dive into the rim, and he's going to end up on Sports Center a couple times a week. So <laughs> I, I think Miami certainly has the talent. I think Larinig is an underrated coach, and I think you're going to find the Hurricanes, you know, dancing come March. Okay, well, it should be a fun one. I think Purdue's going to be immensely improved on what they were last year. And frankly, I don't even think they were bad that last year. I think their underwhelming record was a big byproduct of the Big Ten slate and a really, really tough overall strength of schedule. So I, I think that should, could be end up being a really good game, which feeds into the narrative yet again, another Tuesday matchup that looks really good. <laughs> so right. for the first day should be awesome. Second day, maybe not so good. But, uh, Michael, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And before you leave, if you can just remind people where they can check out your stuff. Uh, you can find me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, ACC Basketball Report. And you can always visit me and my work and my staff's work at ACCBasketballReport.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for everyone for listening. We appreciate it. Make sure to check out BT Powerhouse, our season preview. Team season season previews will start posting this week and over the next couple of weeks. So definitely check them out. Otherwise, 
We will see you all next time. Make sure to follow BT Powerhouse on all your various social media platforms. Thank you, guys. Everyone stay safe out there.